Welcome to the Bougie in a Backpack podcast. I'm Mackenzie from Travel Hacks Mac. Hi, I'm Angel from the Pennywise Traveler, and we're so happy to have you back today. Today, we are talking about a little bit of travel recap, some of the trips and the travel hacking we've done recently. And we are also going to get to some of your questions. So we have a new segment called Mailbag. So we're going to be answering questions that you guys submitted. And if you want to be featured on the Mailbag segment in the future, you can look at our link in the show notes and submit your questions. And you can either be anonymous or you can put your name and your Instagram handle for a little shout out if you want. So before we get to that, Angel, you just got back from this epic Alaskan cruise. Tell us all about that. So it was great. So this is actually my third free cruise in like nine months. So um, wow. last December, and <laughs> I didn't know most people don't even cruise at all. Like, look, I never thought I would be a cruiser. But you know what happened? I did a status match. And then I got like a free cruise from Royal Caribbean in like December. Then I got like three months later, I had an MSC cruise. And now six months later, I'm going on a carnival cruise that I just came back from, from Alaska. So like, I've been kind of like cruising along and going to places that <laughs> I never thought I would go just to. Just cruising through life. <laughs> just cruising through life. So um, for the status match, for people that don't know, you just status match your different benefits. So I believe I status matched to Caesars Diamonds. So then I status matched one to another one to get the um, free cruise and everything. So what happened was, is that um, I am getting free free cruises this year. And I, I never really cruised before that. So like my last cruise was like in Antarctica. And like that was like in 2019, <laughs> like right before COVID. So that was like ages ago. But yeah, I got a free cruises from status matching. Um, I have more information about it in my master travel course and everything about step-by-step play and everything. But it was good, you know, like I, I never been to Alaska. It's funny because I've been to Antarctica first, but not even Alaska in the US. But hey, this free cruise solved that issue. And one of the things that's good about doing a, like a cruise to Alaska is that there's no age limit necessarily. So like there are even babies going on the cruise to Alaska versus for Antarctica. Some of the parents that went on that cruise went into Antarctica, like this is in 2019. There was an age restriction where the boat said like you had to be like, I think 13 or over to go on Antarctica because it was an expedition. So like oh, wow. versus Alaska, it's more like there was babies that were like, like six, seven, 13 months that were coming on the cruise. So like, that's mm-hmm. a good thing. If you still want to see the icebergs and everything else, you can still go to Alaska. You don't have to go venture out to Antarctica yet. Cause just because depending on the boat, they might have an age restriction. I was Googling around and I saw that some of the uh, Antarctica boats, they also have age restriction as well. So just, you have to do more research going to, into Antarctica. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't like, so the Alaska cruise is a little bit more like a, like a luxury cruise versus Antarctica, right? Like, isn't Antarctica kind of, like, rough? Like, the seas are rough, and it's not exactly, like, you don't go on it for, like, an all-expenses-paid kind of, um, like, all-you-can-eat all kind of kind of cruise. It's more like a, this is how you get to Antarctica. It's kind of, like, the only way, really, unless you got, like, chartered a super durable plane. I don't know. I don't even, I know people can fly there, but it's, like, really, really expensive to fly there, too. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think the Antarctica boat I went on was like two or 300 people. So it was very small. It was very uh-huh. tiny versus the boat I went on to Alaska. I was like, I think like 4,000 or so. Like it was like way oh bigger. Gosh. There's way more amenities in the Alaska cruise. So the Alaska cruise, it's, it's, it's more like, I would say like, if you don't want to go through the whole process of going to Antarctica, because when I went to Antarctica, I had to fly into um, Buenos Aires. And then I had to go down to like the south of Argentina for like I think that's what it's called in um, mm-hmm. Argentina and that's all the way down versus like when I left to go to Alaska I just flew to Seattle which is like an hour like two hour flight from LA so it was a lot quicker to go to Alaska and then I we sailed for like two days or so from Seattle to get to Alaska so it wasn't that bad so like it's a lot mm-hmm. faster to go to Alaska and it's like you don't you do um, they do ask for a passport just because we do we did stop by in Canada we, we went to, um, oh gosh, why am I blanking out the name? It was in Vancouver. I'm sorry, I'm like blanking out the name right now. Um, yeah. We did make a stop in Canada, though. So we, we did make a stop there. And also, um, one of the Alaska stuff that we stopped at, I think it was Juno. I'm trying to, I'm blanking out on the name. One of the stops we went to, we also took a train from there to go into parts of Alaska, uh, parts of Canada, too, from Alaska to Canada. Oh, okay. So then, like, it was a little bit different in that sense. But um, I would say if you're just trying to look for icebergs and stuff like that, you can go to Alaska for that. Unfortunately, they canceled the helicopter. I didn't book the helicopter, but someone else did. So that's how we were able to go on. Um, they were, they were going to go fly on a helicopter to go on an iceberg and a glacier. But they canceled it oh, because man. of visibility versus for Antarctica. That was very easy to do when we're in Antarctica. Like, because we had an expedition almost every day or so. Every day or two, we would have an expedition. So we would go on to icebergs and stuff. So if you're really wanting that experience, maybe Antarctica is better for you. Maybe like on a bougie in a backpack trip and stuff where like, <laughs> like you have to remember for cruises, all the, the room is included, the food is included, the transportation is included because they take you to different ports. So this is kind of like, if you don't know what you're doing or you're just doing a last minute trip, I would say a cruise is for you just because you don't have to worry about transportation. You don't have to worry about food or research because the food is on the boat and the buffet is pretty much open 24 hours. So like, I mean, I don't know if it's exactly 24 hours, but it's pretty much open like whenever pretty much they have food all the time. So when I was in Royal Caribbean, there was like food all the time at MSC, there was pretty much food all the time i don't know if carnival was 24 hours as well but i remember royal caribbean being having food all the time mm-hmm. yeah i've i've actually never been on a cruise i've never been to alaska and i've never been to antarctica <laughs> but those are all like bucket list thing i mean the cruise i definitely like i'm putting cruise travel hacking on my my vision board <laughs> on my bingo card for <laughs> travel hacking like i'm gonna i'm gonna start getting into that because i've just seen how many cruises you've been on and like you're it seems like you're always on a cruise and yeah, it just like I mean, it's I think sometimes we think about cruises as just like, oh, I'm going to go to um, like you're just staying on a boat and you're just like going to the Caribbean. But like you're going like, you know, Europe and um, and Alaska and all these cool places. Yeah, I'm all these different to- places you can check out. Yeah, I'm going to another cruise. <laughs> Sounds like I have never thought I would be a cruiser. <laughs> but I can't help but you pay only the port fees. It's cheaper than paying for like, like you think about how much a ferry costs. You think about how much like, yeah. like in Europe, like you think about all the different costs, like for the train, the buses, the flights and stuff. I'm going, I'm going to different places on this Rome cruise on Carnival to like Rome, Greece, and then like a few other places in Europe and there anything. But they take you there so you don't pay for the, those kind of. Yeah, that's true. Things. So it's, it's, I would say it's definitely like a bougie in a backpack hack and also for Alaska because that cruise originated out of the U.S. 
I use Carnival gift cards. So for those that don't know, you can actually buy gift cards on Flues. We had a stacking challenge back in June where we had Flues as a partner. So literally on the Flues app, it's going to be 8% cash back for Carnival. So you can use that to actually pay for your port fees and pay for your taxes for the boat. So like, and the thing is like you buy in real time. So like it literally comes in a minute. You don't have to like, if you forgot to go to like the grocery store to buy your prepaid um, gift cards and stuff, you don't have to worry about that. And I actually think it's more convenient because um, if you buy for your prepaid gift cards, you have to spend that amount or resell the gift card or use it up somehow versus you could just buy yeah. it on the spot. So it's, it's more convenient in that case. Of course, there's pros and cons because I know that some people, they buy gift cards for um, saving money on gas. So they do that at Ralph's and Kroger and stuff. But then I think the, the pro is better in this sense where it was like 8% cash back on flus. There's um there's a few other apps you can use as well, such as Slide. They also have a um an app too that was also eight percent cash back as well. So there's there are different options of how to redeem to save up to like eight to ten percent. And also because I have ARP, <laughs> though I'm not a senior citizen, <laughs> but the ARP it was saving ten percent. So like if you bought like a one hundred dollar gift card on um Carnival, it was only ninety dollars. So there's different options. So oh. like if you're, yeah, so like there's different options to like buy gift cards and stuff. So like I pay for like I let's say. I like I bought a big I did do this actually so I bought a big gift card from Carnival through ARP because that was a set amount so I bought like a $500 gift card but I can't buy a custom mm. gift card like $110.50 that I would have to buy from Flues to pay for like the ta- the gratitudes so you can buy like your big chunk from like let's say like ARP and save 10% and the other ones you can use Flues or Sly to save 8% which is still like a lot of money like really missing out on and another yeah and you can get your you can get ARP through swag bucks and stock again and get like pretty much get get a AARP paid for as well. So if, if you guys are like, if you're totally lost what we're talking about here, definitely check out our stacking. We still have replays available for our stacking challenge. And we go through, we, we go through all of these different ways to stack and very in detail information about flus and swag bucks. We have the, some people from those companies talking about how you can use them. So if you're just like very lost what we're talking about and how you can really maximize, like this is not even, this is, you can use that kind of thing even outside of the status match, getting the free cruise, not just for paying for port fees, but if you, you know, if you didn't do status match and you still want to go on a cruise, you can also stack and get the Flues gift card, get the AARP discount through Swagbucks and use all that to get just discounts on the cruise anyway. Yeah, but I do want to make a note for the gift cards. I believe it's for U.S. Um, destinations only. So, like, uh, okay. for my um, Rome trip uh, that I have of Carnival, I actually, <laughs> this sounds so funny, I did a Chase offer because there was a discount on my my Chase Southwest business card for, like, I think it was, like, 15% cash back for Carnival. So I paid my port fees that way because I stacked with the Southwest business card and that one. I think I did up to a certain amount where it gave me the cash back on and I paid the rest of my Chase Sapphire Reserve because I got three times on travel for that one. So I split up that way. And then Card Pointers, <laughs> who was also a partner for a stacking challenge, tells you, which Chase and Amex offers you have. So that's also a very helpful app to use. They were also in our stacking challenge as well. So if you want to recap of how I stack this, definitely look into our stacking challenge replays. They can provide you like really good, more detailed information than this podcast of how we stacked and stuff. But that's just one example of how like you can easily like stack your way for like a cruise. So let's say like you didn't even have a, um, what's it called? An offer, like a casino offer that I had from status matching. What you can do also is that Carnival also and all the other boats too, they have last minute deals because they just want to sell the seat, you know, because then the room's empty. You can literally mm-hmm. buy it last minute and then use your Carnival gift card to pay for it if it's out of the US. 
So like you can literally just do that. Like find a last minute deal from Carnival. A lot of people do that too, where they book at last minute where it leaves like a few days before or the week prior. And then just use a gift card to pay for it and you save eight to 10%. So that's still like money that you're saving because it's last minute. They just want to get rid of the room and you can still save money that way. So there, there are different and ways. Does that do. Yeah. Does that just have to be from the US? It doesn't have to be only a like US destination. Like Alaska's like from US to US, even though you have a little sneaky Canada in there too. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's um I believe it has to touch the US. Like I think that's okay. the carnival terms. But because my Rome trip doesn't touch the US, it's only out of Europe. That's why you can't use carnival gift cards. Cause I remember I asked them when I was at um the boat trip in Alaska, I asked them, can I use this to also pay for my Rome trip? And they're like, no, because it doesn't touch the US. So if okay. it touches the US, so like let's say you're going to um you're gonna leave out of Miami or Fort Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the cruises take out of for Carnival and um a, a few of the other boat companies. So you can buy a gift card out of there because it touches the US. But I don't think okay. you can buy one if it, it's overseas where it doesn't touch the US at all. Because it's like US currency. I think that's what's concerning about. So I did something similar also when um I was in Abu Dhabi and Dubai last year. I cannot buy a Groupon gift card through Flus to pay for the um the activity that was on Groupon for Abu Dhabi or Dubai because it doesn't t- it, it's in um different currency. So it's based on the oh. um, yeah yeah. So I think that's the whole issue if it's a different currency. It's the same thing. I couldn't use a Groupon gift card because even though it came out of the U.S., even though it's still Groupon, it's up in a different country in the um uae because it's not u.s currency that that's why it's like it won't work so like i think that's why it worked for alaska and also if you take a cruise out of miami or fort lauderdale because it's u.s currency okay yeah i wonder sometimes too i've noticed like if i if you book a tour sometimes if you access the tour company from the website if you're already in the country like it'll show up in the other currency but if you book it from home it'll still show up in u.s dollars so that might be a way it's not the same for every website like i'm sure with groupon it like there was no way around it um but mm-hmm. some websites might let you do it or if you use a vpn or something um yeah, but yeah that's a good that- thing to know yeah i think in that case it's always best to double check of the company maybe you can message them on twitter or like somewhere sorry x because twitter's renamed to x <laughs> <laughs> like, like message them on facebook x or instagram try to see or call them to see if you have a response or not or email them they, there's different ways to contact customer service for different companies i found twitter really fast sorry twitter x really fast sometimes or also just calling and getting co- confirmed answer yeah so yeah, how was your trip though? You went to California. Yeah, I went to your hometown or your home county of Orange County, but you weren't there because you were in you were in Alaska. But yeah, yeah, so LA, but Orange County is the county next door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah I thought you were. I thought you grew up there or something. No, or no, I grew up in LA, but like it's, oh, it's gotcha, not okay. too far for me. It's not too. It's like within like half an hour or so I could drive to Orange County. Yeah. So yeah, I was there for my friend Ravi's wedding. It was so much fun. And yeah, I actually, I recently, someone was asking me what to use the Capital One Venture X $300 credit for. And I ended up using it for the round trip flight because it was cheaper to pay cash for the times that I wanted versus like paying with points or miles. So because it was less than $300. So I ended up using most of the credit for that. So that's how I travel hacked that. I didn't really use points and miles for that part. But something I did also do is I used Fashion Pass. So a couple episodes ago, we were talking about uh, fashion hacks and ways to save money on higher end fashion. So for this wedding, I actually rented a dress from Fashion Pass and I used I used Angel's 
code and got a little discount too. So um so yeah, it worked out really well. The the dress I really liked. Um I was a little bit nervous cuz you know you never know how it's going to fit or anything, but I read all the reviews and you can see in the reviews it says like this is how tall I am. This is what my size is. And it showed pictures so you can kind of get an idea. So I felt like more comfortable with that. But I was too scared to get it delivered to the hotel. And I was switching hotels in between. So I ended up getting it delivered to my house first and then doing that. See how Mackenzie redeemed this flight for $300 for the Capital One Venture X card. So the credit card's $395 a year. But it has $300 travel credit and also like $100 anniversary credit that's paid out in like 1,000 points for Capital One points. But you can see how this was an expense that she had anyway for her trip. So it kind of like she wasn't buying anything extra for to keep the credit card. Like, you know, like it, it was an expense mm-hmm. she had anyway. So it's like it was stuff that she was going to buy anyway. That's why you kind of want to incorporate like travel hacking into your lifestyle and stuff. So like um, for Southwest, for example, I have the business credit card. I also when I flew back on Southwest from from um, I flew from well, I did a few stops because I flew from Seattle to Oakland to visit a friend and then Oakland to LAX. But I flew on Southwest, but I had free Wi-Fi because my Southwest business credit card had free Wi-Fi credits. So like you can see how mm-hmm. it incorporates into your own spending already. Also for Southwest, um, Southwest Southwest Companion season is coming up for those that are curious, but you can get Southwest Companion Pass with two credit cards or even one credit card if you make enough spending or referral points from that one credit card. So I got that Southwest Business credit card to get um, Companion Pass. And we did a Southwest Companion Pass episode not too long ago as well. So like um, I, I was able to take advantage of that because that credit card paid for, paid for itself because you kind of need the credit cards to boost up the points that's required to get Southwest Companion Pass. Yeah, when, when it comes to travel hacking and these, these different travel credits and benefits, whether it's Companion Pass or credits that you get on your card or free night certificates, it's important to make sure you're, you're not just like wasting them. You're not like, oh, I got to burn this credit. It's like something that you're going to spend on anyway. And so like for that, in that case, I wasn't going to spend a $300 credit on like a $600 flight when I could have paid $10,000 American airline miles with that flight or something like that. So I made sure it was like a flight that was a good deal anyway. I was like maximizing the cash value of it and, um, and kind of like rather than also instead of paying for a one-way flight, which probably would have been more expensive doing a round trip flight just ended up working out better for that one. Yeah, you definitely have to see how each credit card makes up for itself. So like um, when I was in Seattle, for example, I used the Amex lounge and I have platinum, but I use all the credits on platinum anyway. So it kind of made sense. You have to see how each credit card is related to your lifestyle. So like Southwest, that's an easy one for me because I had it for a companion pass when I signed up last year. You actually don't have to keep the credit card after one year to keep companion pass for two years. You can actually get rid of the credit card if you don't really find it valuable. But I've had a lot of reports recently from other people who you who have used my credit card retention offer template that they have got a retention offer on Southwest each year. So like, I still think it's still helpful to get the credit card just because there's some benefits of having the credit card itself as well. So like, for example, my Southwest business credit card for um, Southwest has free Wi-Fi credits. It has TSA pre-check and global entry, which I gave to my brother because <laughs> I already have a mm-hmm. bunch of credit cards that have global entry and TSA pre-check. But um, I'm going to try for a retention offer once December hits to see if I need to keep the credit card or not. But I actually got... Um, companion pass that way with the credit card because you have to be a credit card holder to refer people so what people don't know is that you can refer up to like a hundred thousand points for companion pass each calendar year i got that credit card around november december but i got eighty thousand points from referrals around november december and then my next batch i hit a hundred thousand referrals the maximum 
within a few months of the January 2020 to 2023. So that, but if you don't have the companion, like if you don't have a credit card from Southwest, you can't refer people that way to get points from Southwest. So just keep that in mind. So like for me to get a hundred thousand points within a few months of 2023, that paid for itself. And also the fact that I got um, 80,000 points, that's 180,000 points I got from referrals from just having the Southwest um, credit card. So another little nugget of travel hacking knowledge, um, something that happened when I was, when we were on our way to California, we had a really early flight. It was at like 5am or something. We left at like three in the morning, but we, we were about to get on the plane and it turns out that the pilot comes on, like we're about to board and the pilot gets on the microphone. He's like, sorry guys, someone left the lights on on the plane so the battery drained like you know how if you leave your lights on on your car and you get oh, your no. car your battery's dead so they left the emergency lights on so like the emergency battery was was drained so they're like now we have to recharge it it's gonna take three hours so long story short that flight was obviously canceled for like a silly reason so then everyone gets online to rebook their flight when that happens i first of all i look up flights that are happening and I try to change it myself. But what I did was I got online and I'm at the end of the line and I'm, I pull up my phone and I'm like finding a flight. I'm like, okay, I think this one will work. It'll get us in at like 2 PM to California. That's not too bad. Whatever has a connection, but we had a connection anyway. And it leaves in like an hour. So we're not like totally out of time and it had a, a decent uh, layover where we could stop at a lounge. So, so I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, okay, we'll go with that one. And then I go on the app and finally first it, the, the app didn't update. So it didn't show that my flight was canceled. But then it did, and I was able to pick my flight. Still online, right? And then I go to sit down, because my new flight is the gate, like, right next to where it was. So I just sat right back down where we were. And a half hour later, there are still people waiting on that line to get rebooked. Like, people are still waiting. And, like, so if I had actually waited in that line and waited for an agent to help me, I probably would have missed the flight that I ended up taking. So it's just kind of, like, it's just, like, a tip for you if you're in the situation at the airport, like... Just be calm and like look look up the flights on your phone and try to switch it yourself rather than waiting on a long line and possibly not getting the flight that you want. So you booked this through American or United or which airline did you fly? This was Delta. So Delta let you, did you book a basic economy or economy ticket? This was basic economy, <laughs> but yeah, they let so me so switch it because since they canceled it. So you see how Mackenzie, she even used a basic economy ticket. Like it doesn't even, it's not even like first class or anything. And she was able to change it in the app. So when, when your flight got um, canceled, what, did you get an email from Delta that you had to rebook? Like how, how did you notify Well, them? I, they did, they sent an email eventually, but like I, it was like, I just kept refreshing the app until I saw the option so I could pick it as soon as possible. But like, I think they eventually sent an email, but like if I had waited for the email too, it probably would have been too late, I think. So you see yeah. how Mackenzie, she kind of took advantage of the fact. So whenever you have a flight canceled, sometimes the apps are faster that way. So it's like you ch you keep refreshing the app or like what she could have done also is go to the Delta lounge and ask them to rebook her as well. Because I know that sometimes the lounge people can also help you as well because she got free access mm -hmm. for the Delta lounge through um, Amex Platinum. She could have done that as another option. Yeah. But instead of waiting in line, she was trying to get ahead and kept refreshing the app and stuff to see what other options she had. So she was able to do that pretty fast versus if she would have missed her second flight potentially if she just waited in that line to get rebooked and how how packed was the flight was it the line that flight it wasn't too packed no it was like 5 a.m like who wants to leave at 5 a.m and but yeah they're they're actually the lounge wasn't open because it was too early so like if that if the if there was a lounge and it was open definitely would have done that but but yeah in that situation it was just like too early there wasn't a there wasn't a lounge. But yeah, I've done that in the past where 
I, especially for Delta, like they have Delta representatives there that can help you. And usually those are quicker. The customer service there is really good because it's like in a lounge where people are happy as opposed to where people are screaming at you, like not in the lounge. And so, you know, they're just like less happy at the gate. So yeah, definitely recommend doing that if that's an option for you. How how, how busy was the flight? Was it like pretty much 80% would you say or like like, I mean, when you, wait, no, you didn't get on the, when you got on the plane. No, I didn't like, get on the plane. So I, I don't know, plane. like, oh. but it didn't look like it wasn't, it really wasn't that many people in line. It just, it takes a while for them to book each, each individual person to rebook them, especially when people come up to the gate and they don't have a plan in mind. And they're like, no, I don't want that flight. No, I don't want that. As opposed to if you just do it yourself, it's like so much quicker. Oh, because I have a funny story. So I didn't know what, what time I wanted to leave Oakland because I was flying from back from SF area to LA. So like um, I bought the Wanna Get Away Fair on Southwest, but now Southwest has free standby. So I was kind of waiting out the game. And you know what happened? Because I waited, I think I was like B49 or something like that, where I didn't book it right away for like, because you know, Southwest is open boarding the sooner, as soon as it hits 24 yeah. hours, you have to get the seat right away. So you know what ha ended up happening? I was in the last row of the Southwest airplane, <laughs> had no one sitting next to me, had my cheap business first class where no one's sitting next to me i got my drinks my snacks right away because the person behind me was the flight attendant so oh they gave gosh. me my snacks. this is really I poor woman's reverse. business class this is i had the reverse instead of sitting up front i was in the back the last row still had a window seat no one sat next to me the middle seat was empty the um when the ILC was empty, the flight attendant was right by me. Got early access to the snacks and the drinks that way. So I had the reverse. <laughs> happened to be on Southwest, where I was like B49, but all the way in the back to get my, my, my first class option of sitting back to no one. Yeah, I never, was, I never get to be group A for, for Southwest. Like never, ever, no matter how early I check in. Well, my Southwest credit card, I think it gives you up to like four free passes each year or so. But this is like only like a one hour like flight. So like I don't care about being A1 through 15 because I know that my Southwest business credit card gives me credits for that. I think it's only four or so that you have, but I'm saving that for a longer flight. So when I fly to New York, I'm actually, I have to connect in Denver. I had to click from New York to Denver, then Denver to LA. So that's a longer flight. So I think that's more important oh. to use that, 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 um, Southwest credit to get higher, <laughs> like in the, in the yeah. queue versus like in the 6am flight that I had for Southwest, it was like P49. There was like pretty much um, the whole seat, the whole airplane wasn't like 100% occupied. I would say it was like 95% because I had the, the whole row to myself. The guy next to me from the opposite side had the row to himself. But everyone else before that, they were sitting in the middle seats, the aisle seats, the um, like the window seats. So almost every single seat was taken before that, except with here and there where there was some <coughs> empty middle seats and stuff. So yeah, I had my own first business class experience on Southwest where it's the reverse, not, not the first seat, but like the opposite side. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> It's okay. It's a bougie in the backpack option. I was enjoying my free Wi-Fi too, because I have my free Wi-Fi from my Southwest business credit card, both on my phone and my laptop. Because like, you know, I have the Southwest business credit card that gives you free Wi-Fi credits and everything. Yeah. you And that's like one of the ones that like I kind of overlook a lot of times is the Wi-Fi credit because I'm like, I'm not, am I really going to use that? But like when you do, it really helps to have that, especially on the yeah. flights where you otherwise wouldn't have Wi-Fi. Yeah, uh, it depends on your, your, your cell phone provider, too. So when I fly Alaska, I believe T-Mobile is a partner with Alaska, so I get free internet mm -hmm. as well. 
So it kind of depends on where you want to like use your credits and stuff. I think the Barclays AA credit card gives you free Wi-Fi credits for AA flights too. I believe it's that one. Yeah, it gives you up to like $25. Yeah. I, I have T-Mobile as well. And usually I just get free Wi-Fi. I think on American as well. I know Delta for sure ha- just has free Wi-Fi. But I think for, I think on American you get free Wi-Fi with, with T-Mobile or at least like text messaging. Yeah, JetBlue has free Wi-Fi too for everyone. So mm-hmm. like you don't have to worry about flight credit for for JetBlue if you fly for Wi-Fi. Okay, so should we get to some of these mailbag questions? Should we say mailbag? Bougie bougie in a mailbag. The bougie bag. We'll call it the bougie bag. (laughs) It sounds fun. Fun like a money bag. (laughs) Yeah. The bougie bag. Okay, we're gonna... All right, now it's time to pull some questions out of our bougie bag. <laughs> the bougie bag, we're going to answer a question to give you some stacking or some like travel hacking tips. Aren't you guys excited? Yeah. So first question that we have is from at It's Better Off Season. So question is, what is your favorite destination, domestic or international? Have you ever felt unsafe anywhere? Wow, that's like a really big, that's a big loaded question. I, okay, so I have like my top three countries, I would say are Thailand, Colombia, and Poland. As far as safety, I I think safety is like a really touchy subject. I've never been, I've never, I've, I felt unsafe and safe pretty much everywhere I've been, including everywhere in the US. Um, And I just like, I don't like, you know, I don't like labeling a country as unsafe. Like, so, you know, people might think Colombia, for example, is unsafe. And like, there, there definitely was a risk in Colombia of getting your cell phone stolen. I know several people got their cell phones taken, but you just like, I just feel like you have to have your, your senses about you and just like be aware of, of what the risks are when you're in a country. I mean, I never feared, I was like never fearing for my safety when I was there. I really loved that country and I really enjoyed it. But you know, there's some places where it's like, you're more at risk for certain things. Like, because for in Colombia, for example, it's just like really expensive to get an iPhone. Like it costs a lot more money to get one there than in the US. So if, if someone steals one from you, they can sell it for a lot of money. So if you have your phone out and you're like on the street, someone can just like ride by on a bike and take it. And that's what happened to a couple people I know. But um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there's any country where I was like, oh, I totally felt unsafe. I think I think I agree with that too. There's places where you go that it's you feel safe and unsafe. It just depends on where the area is, neighborhood. I don't really want to generalize a specific place too. Like like I love New York because I used to live in New York for like nine years. That's one of my favorite cities too, by the way, to visit New York just because it's like transportation. It's like 24 hours on the subway. You can you can see so much New York. There's so much stuff to do. There's a lot of museums. There's a lot of like different things you can do in New York, especially in the summertime where there's like there was even a newsletter I used to subscribe to called The Skint. You can go to theskint.com. It has like a daily free and cheap stuff you could do in New York City. So I really liked doing that back when I used to live in New York. There was also a bunch of pop-ups and stuff to visit and stuff. So New York is one of my favorite places. It's funny because I live in LA now, but I think visiting New York, I I mean, if I could be bi-coastal, that would be ideal. But I think like I prefer (laughs) my winters in California. (laughs) I don't want to deal with the cold, okay? But I'm also more relaxed in California too, because I feel like in New York, there's just so much stuff to do. And as soon as you hit the subway in New York, there's people everywhere. So like, yeah, you're like, you're at war immediately. No, it's true. Like, it is true. You are kind of at war sometimes. But I do like the convenience of New York. Just literally taking a train everywhere you can go. It's very convenient. You don't have to worry about driving. But I I personally feel more relaxed in California, like living here, 
like lo- like I think long term wise, like I mean, I, if I could be bi coastal, that would be ideal. Where I spend half the year in New York and half the year in LA, so I spend my winters and my fall in California and my spring and summer in New York, just because there's so much stuff to do in New York during that time frame. And winter and fall is not as exciting as it is because it's colder and stuff. But um. New York is one of my favorite places to ever like visit and stuff just because it's just like and also like when you use your um your credits and stuff I mean of course the hotels are more expensive in New York for like cash wise but you can still use your free night certs and stuff so like I found um the Hyatt right in Long Island City you can use your $95 credit card that you have for the category one through four and stay at the high in Long Island City. That's only one stop from Manhattan. So that's very convenient. Marriott also for my business credit card, there's also one um, hotel that's in financial district, also in um, in Queens as well. That's only one, one stop away from Manhattan that you can use your free night certificate. So it's a very easy place to, if you want to blow up your certificates and stuff, that's an easy place that's also like a big city where you can easily use your points and your... Um, stuff too you don't have to exactly stay in Manhattan but you can stay a little bit outside in like Queens or Brooklyn or so and still be able to use your certs so I still think it's convenient that way I actually use my $200 Amex credit in New York too at a hotel and financial district in lower Manhattan so that was an easy way to use up my hotel credits that I have from different cards as well so I think um New York is probably one of my favorite places I also like um Thailand a lot too because <laughs> it's just so it's nice their food is cheap and everything Poland is also yeah. very nice I was in Poland last year with Ashley she was um one of our free podcast episodes as well that was very nice I like dumplings eating the dumplings that they're they're called pierogies there but oh yeah pierogies that was also very yeah, nice. so good <laughs> yeah yeah, so it's yeah. Poland, it's nice- Poland surprised me how much I liked it. Like I was, I went there like not like expecting anything, and I was like, oh my gosh, I just love it. I don't even know. Like there's just so much like the food, the history, the it's like very affordable too. So it's just like mm-hmm. less stressful. Like that's just like another component of it. But I really liked it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that too. I really like. Yeah, I was in Gdansk. Were you in Gdansk too, or were you in um? Where were you in Poland? No, I went to like the south, southern Poland. So we we went all around, but mostly like Warsaw, Krakow. I've been to Krakow as well. Um, I would say like it's it's so funny because like you go to the less visited destinations in Eastern Europe. So like Budapest, Hungary, I like that for relaxing. There's a lot of spas there too. And then um, mm-hmm. Asia, like Thailand specifically, I do like the islands like Koh Samui and all those other different islands you could go to. Like I got scuba diving certified in Koh Phangan. So, like, there's different places you can visit in Thailand as well. Thailand's very, like, cheap and everything as well. A lot of people speak English there, so you don't have to worry. But that's one of my favorite mm-hmm. places to go as well, just because it's, it's very cheap, you know? Like, I like places that are cheap. As I mean, New York is not really a cheap place, but there are some hidden gems you can find in New York to eat on cheaply, so... Well, yeah, and that's the thing about the, I, I really like New York. It's one of my favorite cities too. And like, it, I, there's certain things like, okay, well, you don't have to really pay for transportation if you're taking the subway. You know, it's like a pretty like low cost, and it doesn't matter the distance. It's not like there's some cities where if you end up going, like if you're changing a bunch of subways or doing a bunch of stuff, you end up paying like for every single like you pay for the distance. But but in New York, like you know, if you stayed somewhere or like out in well, I guess where did you now out in Queens or something? Yeah, you can still like take the subway in. Oh, Long Island City. Okay, yeah, yeah. you can use public transportation and save in that way, and then like you know save your, spend your money on like the good food. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's all about pros and cons. So you can think of DC for example. When I was in DC, it's by the distance. So it's San Francisco mm-hmm. for Bart is by the distance versus New York City for MTA. It's just like a set rate. 
So it's 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 convenient in that sense where if you're going somewhere far away, you save more. So like I I've done this for so many years when I used to live in New York. I used to like this is the bougie in the backpack hack. I used to take the um subway and then the subway to a bus because that was like free because like I didn't have to pay for AirTran that way and take the subway to the bus and then get to the station on AirTran that way and then it was free then. But I would do that hack just to not avoid paying. Like, I think it was like five or seven dollars for AirTran. I forgot the exact <laughs> price. But like I was yeah. like, I can avoid this and just go on the bus. <laughs> and, and then, but there's certain things where that. it's like the time, the time that you waste doing that. It's like, like what is more worth it to you? And maybe you, yeah. maybe nowadays you're not. You'd rather just pay and like not spend the time. But you know, it's all That's up to true. you. Yeah, it's true. Like yeah. actually, from LAX, if I was to take the bus, it's only one dollar. <laughs> so if I versus paying twenty five dollars for Uber, so I had to think about that too. But it's double the time. So it's like if I have, I mean, it depends. Like if I'm on a time crunch because I have to finish up stuff from work and then take my flight, I'll take the Uber. It's usually around twenty five to thirty dollars. But if I have time, I would literally reply back to Instagram messages while I'm on the bus, and that would be fine. Where I get to the airport, like use that time to reply back to messages or so. So it just, it depends mm-hmm. on how strategic and how intentional you are with your time sometimes. Like the good thing about um, certain public transportation in different places is that sometimes some places have um, internet when you're underground. Unfortunately, New York is not like that. I've been to different yeah. places. I believe, I'm trying to remember where I went to. Was it LA or somewhere else where there's public transportation underground? Oh, um, I think it was um, Dubai where the transportation worked when it was underground mm-hmm. too. So that was fine. But like, if you don't have something like that, it kind of like you're wasting time. Like you think about the time crunch you're on. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. Let's, let's do one more question. And we're, uh, we have, we'll definitely get to these questions um, next time, or we'll do another mailbag episode. So keep submitting your questions. Um, but the next question is a little more travel hacky. So, question is how do you get a card bonus again for example with the chase sapphire preferred do you have to have it closed for 48 months or could you close it at 47 months and open it again um so yeah so the question so what they're asking about is you can earn the bonus on most cards more than once and each card and each bank has different rules about how often you can earn the bonus with american express for example they have lifetime for the most part there's exceptions of course but like just to keep it simple they have like more lifetime rules where you can only earn the bonus once but with chase they're a little bit more flexible um and it and it depends on which chase card so chase sapphire preferred and reserve you can earn it once every 48 months wouldn't recommend necessarily closing the card but what you would want to do is downgrade it and then apply for another card so whether you had the chase sapphire preferred and then you downgrade it to like the Chase Freedom Flex or the Chase Freedom Unlimited. And then you reapply. Once it's been 48 months since you've earned the bonus, you can reapply for either the Chase Sapphire Preferred or Reserve. You can't have the card in your possession when you reapply for it because you won't get it because you already have it. So that's that's how you would do that. Is that did I explain that right, Angel? <laughs> Well, it's 48 months since you last got the bonus. So make sure you call mm-hmm. Chase to double check when that date is because you don't want to miss the, the deadline and stuff. You want to time it up right. But I do think that's pretty smart too, where like you have to be mindful of what deadlines you have. I think what if I would have done sooner is like, I, I mean, I was, see, this is the funny part where you kind of bite yourself back and like ask for this. So like the high credit card, right? The personal credit card, you get every 24 months. But I didn't even get until this year and I'm a globalist. So like, I was like, no, it's gonna be a higher bonus later. Like, I don't have to get this credit card. And guess what happens? 24 months goes by. 
So like you have yeah. to be kind of like mindful of opportunity cost. Like if you could, if you see an upcoming expense where you can use that credit card and think about it, like I used to live in New York. So like I could, st- and I visit New York at least like once a year or so. It's like, I could have used that to stay in Long Island city and the hotel is more than $100. The credit card is only $95. So you have to be kind of smart about it. So when I was in Seattle for my cruise, I paid with points because I, I didn't have my free night cert hit my account yet. But if I use my free night cert, the hotel was retailing for $300 a night. So like $95 credit card for like a $300 hotel, like, like, mm-hmm. come on, you save yeah. like $200, right? Like you save like $200. I mean, I end up using points for that one. I got another free night cert from... Um, what's it called doing the brand explorer where I went to different heights and stuff. But the thing is, it's like, you have to remember opportunity costs. So like 48 months for chase, for example, mm-hmm. then you think about the other credit cards you can get on chase. So like Southwest every 24 months. And it's based on Southwest is kind of sticky where it's like, it's 24 months across the personal credit cards. So they're, they're considered a family. And then the business credit cards are separate from each other. So they're different families, like, you know, so like mm-hmm. for Chase Sapphire Preferred and Reserve, that's considered 48 months. If you had the preferred or reserve, it's also family rule, too. Yeah, the other tricky one, too, is Marriott. And this is where things get weird, really weird, because there's the Chase, there's Chase Marriott, and then there's Amex Marriott. But if you've earned the bonus for any Marriott, sometimes you're not eligible for the bonus for like, even if it's American Express business card you you might not be eligible for the chase if you've earned any marriott bonus before so well within the, the time period so you have to really make sure you read the terms but some of these terms aren't written anywhere like you kind of just have to like know the rules of it if you check out our bougie in a backpack blueprint our free blueprint then we do talk about some of these rules in there so definitely check that out we have the link in our show notes for that totally free and kind of goes over some of those card rules so that you make sure you're following them and that you don't miss out on these opportunities. Yeah, you should definitely look into that just because we lay out the rules for different banks and stuff, not just Chase. We also have Amex in there. I believe we have City. We also have Barclays in there too. So there's it's there's different banks that have different rules and stuff. So you definitely want to take advantage of those because you again, it's opportunity costs. Like some cards are every 24 months, not just with Chase, but also with um, Barclays, I believe is also 24 months too for American Airlines. Mm-hmm. So you want to pay attention to how often you can get the bonus and stuff just because sometimes it, it really depends like on your situation for me i prioritize the business credit cards more this past year and everything so it just depends on what you're looking forward to but yeah i'm kind of annoyed i'm not eligible for the marriott um chase one they had like five i know and i was like i got the business credit card last year because i was going to maldives so i had to pay my friend back five yeah so think about it. If, if you have, like, I mean, this is worth way more than $100 a night. But if you have five free night starts, just make sure that it's at least 100 bucks a night, right? But it's a $95 credit card. Mm-hmm. So it's like at least $500 in the guy, at least, if not higher than that. Because you can redeem at more expensive properties for Marriott. And I feel like personally, like, I like, I mean, I like Hyatt too. But I, if, if there's another one that I do like, I would say, like, Marriott's pretty up there too for being bougie and stuff you know like it's it's, it's pretty nice whenever i stay in a Marriott property but i just don't have good enough status there like i'm a, like a basic gold person from american express platinum <laughs> i don't have any special <laughs> to stay yeah. at marriott yeah the same thing happened to me and that's when i was like digging around these rules i was like oh man because i was like so excited about the five free night starts and then i was like well i'm not eligible so that's great but i mean i was also thinking about like I, I was mad when I signed up for the Chase Sapphire Preferred because then it seemed like right after I signed up for it, there was like a 100,000 uh, point bonus. 
But I always like think about too, you know, if I hadn't signed up for that card, I wouldn't have start been starting to earn points. I wouldn't have been able to build up my credit score. Like, you know, so like you also think about these things like and I realize I just realized now like I have I'm eligible for the Chase Sapphire Preferred bonus again. Um, so I probably will like maybe just wait until there's like a higher bonus and then just go for it again. <laughs> Yeah, you, you have to really see like what, what your opportunity costs are and stuff. So sometimes Chase does match. So I got the Chase Inc. Um, cash, I think at 75,000 points, but then they increased it to 90,000. So then I was able to get Chase to match me to the 90,000 offer. But that was like soon afterwards, right? Like a couple months um, or... It was like during the time frame where, when I had it, because I think I'm personal. Oh, referrals. during the bonus, during your sign up bonus period. The, okay. The personal referrals were 75,000. So I actually helped mm -hmm. someone else. Um, I actually helped out someone by getting the 75,000 because they got the referral bonus from that one for, for that one. So not only was I was able to help out my player too for, for that one, but then I got the 90,000 bonus points because they matched it because then most people don't know this, but sometimes Chase will match you to the higher offer. It depends because I noticed that on Chase products where it's exclusive to Chase where, with their rewards program for Chase Ultimate Rewards, it's they're more flexible about that. But for um for the hotel credit cards, he literally signed up for the Marriott card for like the three night promo for the Marriott personal card and Chase wouldn't match him to the five night one. Literally like a few oh. weeks later it was it went up. So when it's when Chase is a different co-branded card like with Marriott or South West or something else like that they might not be as willing to match you but when it's, it's their own yeah. product with ultimate rewards for their program they're more, they might be more willing to match you yeah that makes sense because they probably have, they need marriott approval marriott's probably the one who's like you can't earn the bonus twice like it's not them it's <laughs> it's marriott so yeah yeah so you just have to pay attention and it doesn't hurt to ask but i know that's i know it's for amex it they don't tend to be as nice with that chase tends to be nicer like i literally yeah. got the hilton business card literally like a month or two before the free night cert offer in the summertime and i was like, kind of annoyed because i kind of got a free night cert on top of that on top of the points but i only got the points offer but the free night cert is more valuable on hilton because you can use it at hilton property anywhere it's not restricted like hyatt where it's category one through four you can use it at literally at expensive properties so it's more valuable in that sense mm-hmm Okay, well, thank you guys for joining. If you submitted a mailbag question, sorry if we didn't get to you, but we'll definitely try to do this more often. So keep submitting your questions. It definitely helps us to be able to, it helps us and it helps other people because I'm sure you're not the only one with these questions. But if you enjoy this episode, if you like our podcast, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a written review that really helps us to be able to reach more people and to be able to work with brands to put on our free events like we just did our five-day travel hacking challenge and our stacking challenge. Thank you so much. See you in the next episode.